At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Public Access America. My name is Jason, and this is the second in our new series, Inspirations Beyond Disability. We're here to talk to Caitlin Marie today. You can find her on Instagram at Kate Wack. You can find her on TikTok at Caitlin Wackerman. And you can learn all about her fight with diabetes at defeatingdiabeteskmw.wordpress.com. All of that information is in the description portion of this episode. So I really appreciate you taking the time to learn about one of my inspirations. You can find Public Access America on Facebook, our live streams at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Radio Public. Thank you for being here. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition... Once you are willing to stand up for yourself. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people. Once you recognize what your rights are. And each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world. 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people change their lives forever forever. we've got to be that something that arnold torn the historian refers to as a you're wrong once you are willing to stand up for yourself then others will show up also what about no children dying that's kind of nice kind of nice liberation it's an internal thing But their children were saved, and their children's children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. I was born this way. Adam, guess what? Yes. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? (laughs) What? We are in effect. We're in effect. (laughs) So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? it. Welcome. To public access. You, you can't be, when, when you're disabled, you just can't be shy about stuff anymore, right? Right. Yeah, definitely in the beginning, but not anymore. Now yeah. I'm like an open book. I did an interview with somebody in, in it just uh, last week, Brittany, Blind Beauty. She follows you too. I know, and, uh, I followed her. I, I thought she was awesome. She is awesome, and she got me to understand that I'm just really prideful, and that that needs to stop. <laughs> So welcome, welcome to Public Access America officially. I'm with uh, Caitlin, and we're just going to go with Caitlin Marie for now. I, I tend not to use last names because people are weird on the internet. Yeah, and, uh, that's fine. 
but they can follow you. They can follow you over on Instagram where I have been following you. And that is at Kate WDCK, right? And, uh, oh, pardon. It's Kate Wack. So it's just K-A-T-E-W-A-C-K. You got it. Thank you for that. And then yeah. Kate, Kate Wackerman on TikTok. So there's your last yes. name. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like to kick things off by finding out where um, my guests are from. So where are you from? Um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh, I like that. And what's that like? I mean, yeah, uh, it's beautiful. Um, the weather was pretty cold about a week ago, but it got back up into the 60s this past week. Hmm. And uh we have sunshine and it's nice. It's good. Christmas is right around the corner and it's pretty decent outside. So I love it. Christmas. Have you always been in North Carolina? Um, so I was born in Philadelphia, um, mm. but I moved here when I was about eight years old. So I've been here pretty much my whole life. No, my, yeah, my whole life. Okay. <laughs> I grew up here. Interesting. Same town, same area. Yeah. So are you a, a Philadelphia sports team fan then? I'm an Eagles fan. Panthers first, though. Okay. Definitely Panthers first, and then Eagles, of course. I love it. All right. I'm a Bears fan in, in Florida, so I understand that. Okay. okay. <laughs> I actually lived in Florida the year I went blind. I was only there for exactly one year, and then mm. I came back home. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be here either if that's what happened. <laughs> how, are you, <laughs> well, how, are you, how are you handling the pandemic, actually? Um. Honestly, it wasn't a big change for me. Um, in the beginning, I did have a hostess job. It was like my first job after losing my eyesight. So I was okay. super, super excited about that. But it had only lasted about two and a half months. And then the restaurants closed down. Mm. And um, But nothing, honestly, like a lot really didn't change for me because I'm home a lot anyway. Um, I don't go out often. So I don't know, like it wasn't that much of a big deal for me, honestly. Okay. In that, in that same sort of vein, are you finding people um, more sympathetic to you or do you, do you see the like sort of a lack of public support people with their social distancing? Um, you know what I mean? Some of those um, easy we're, blind people are kind of easily dismissed and in social distancing and in this era of not paying attention to people, do you, do you find that people aren't supportive? Um, I, I, yes, yes and no. So, um, perfect example is when I was working, um, the hostess job that I had, people are very scared of me. And I don't know if it's just because they don't know how to react or what to say. They see my cane and then I get completely ignored. Mm. Um, and I think it's just, I personally believe it's just because they're scared. Um, so I'm kind of used to it, I guess. So with the social distancing thing, I just, people just dodge me anyway, which doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Um, but I do have really, really good friends and like family support now in my life. Um, mm. but in the beginning it was definitely not like that at all. Right. So. We'll talk about that in a bit, but I, yeah. I can totally understand that. And, uh, I think it's amazing that you did a hostess job. I, I, I didn't know that. So I'm kind of excited to being blind. Yeah. I always wonder what kind of jobs it is I can do. And so it's really amazing that you just went head first and did that. So I, I can't give myself full credit. I did reach out to um, the restaurant 
that I had worked for previously before going blind. I was a bartender and I did like closing manager duties and things like mm. that for them. Um, so they were very, you know, they trusted me. They knew that I wouldn't have asked if I could work for them um, if I wasn't capable of doing the job. So um, I had a lot of support from them just because they knew me previous to losing my eyesight. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I also wouldn't have, I mean, I did, I've been in interviews to other places um, and I've been completely denied just because I am blind. Although I know it's not legal for them to say that people have definitely said that to me in interviews before. So mm. uh, I, because of, I guess, like just knowing people in the area and growing up here and working in the restaurants around here, I, I kind of got lucky. So nice. Okay. Yeah. But, but other, but other people with a visual disability can't really count on that. Um, from strangers, you know, I think from strangers. <laughs> right. And I think that, um, I think it just depends on what people are comfortable with. I mean, I, I've met a bunch of people that are visually impaired that can work computers and laptop, like they can do the technology thing. I can't cause I haven't learned that yet. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do know a couple of visually impaired girls that are in college or have gone to college and have college degrees and they did that while being blind and um and then they work in a profession that works for them so i have not taken advantage of that opportunity um but part-time job wise i just the only thing that i would like recommend is just something that you know you're capable of doing and i think i just knew i was capable of being a hostess and actually doing my job well so mm -hmm. i went for it I love that. And you wouldn't have done it if you didn't feel confident in, in doing it. Right. Right. People, people know, need to know that about people with disabilities. We are taking on things that we believe might be just out of our reach or that we can't accomplish. It's not like we're trying to do things that are way out of our control. You know, right. we ask, we do ask for help. <laughs> right. Like we don't set ourselves up for failure. We don't yeah. do things like that. We just, you know, we, I just feel like we wouldn't apply for things that we know we weren't capable of doing. Right. And my hope is that through these episodes, um, people get the understanding and empathy before they actually meet us. And then some way down the road, they're going to run into a blind person and they're no, they're going to know not to touch them. They're going to know right. what to do. And I hope I love that. So I hope to learn. And what I really hope to tell people about right now is your your disability, your specific blindness is a T1D blind. Yes? Yeah. Yes. T1D. What does that what what does it's, T1D blind mean? That's what my note says. <laughs> it's um it's I have type one diabetes. Okay. Um and so I didn't have health insurance for about seven years. Mm. Um so I ended up rationing my insulin because I couldn't afford it. And I was buying it off the streets. Mm. Um and basically what happened is I was diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy. And then along with that, I uh, was diagnosed with glaucoma and cataracts. So a whole lot of fun going on with my eyes. So I've had six eye surgeries in the past year and a half. Wow. Uh, you have me beat. I'm on five. Wow. I've met people that have had like nine. Wow. And I, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I, the surgeries are the worst. <laughs> they are the worst, but they got to get done. So, you know, you just got to put yourself through it. I really, so. I, I agree with that. Do you remember, yeah. um, wait, how was your, how was your vision problem? How were your vision problems discovered? Um, so I, I recognized 
before I lost my vision that I was having trouble seeing in dark in like mm. the dark or just night vision in general. Um, and then like smaller print and things, but I didn't make it a big deal. I was like, ah, whatever. My vision's just not great anymore. Right. Um, and everything was honestly just really normal. I went to bed one night and I woke up the next day and my retina was completely detached in my right eye. Mm. Um, of course I didn't know that when I woke up, it was just black and it felt like my eye was not physically like connected to me, which is kind of gross. Right, right. And so obviously I called a doctor and I went in immediately and, um, mm. that's when he sat me down and was like, this is what's going on with you. So. Wow. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what that felt like? Yes. Um, so I was living, like I said, I was living in Florida at the time, so I didn't have many friends. I didn't really know a lot of people. Um, and when I went into the doctor, I was by myself. And when he looked at my eyes, I mean, he brought me in the exam room, looked at my eyes for three minutes and brought me back into a different room. Hmm. And he closed the office down and sat, it was at the end of the day anyway, but he sat me down with two texts and he said, I have to have two conversations with you. One is going to be hopeful and the other one's going to be just scary. Hmm. And, um, he said, when I, you know, when I get patients like you, um, basically, you know, your right eye, we need to do immediate surgery. Your retina is completely detached. Um, and your left eye is hanging on by a thread. We're going to do what we can to save your left eye. Mm. Um, and he was like, but usually when I get patients like you, um, you guys don't make it like this could be a potential, you're definitely going to go blind is what he right. said by the, end of the year and you could potentially die. And so I'm in tears wow. and I'm like, what do we have to do? I, got, I don't want to do this. And you know, but in my head, I'm like, I can see fine out of my left eye. Um, so after I had that first eye surgery, I moved right back home to Charlotte, mm. um, got into a doctor here. They had to do another surgery on my right eye pretty much mm -hmm. immediately. And then about a month after I moved home from Florida, I just went completely blind in my left eye. Oh, wow. And it just happened so quickly. Like I really thought that my left eye would be able to make it and it right. just didn't happen that way. Okay. So I, yeah, I, it was very I, scary. I also had a detached retina in my right eye and I, they did a, a, sur a surgery where they put a bubble in it to try yeah. and hold it in place where they had buckles and everything. And it just, it didn't take, I'm really sorry. Wow. I have, I have the two oil bubbles in both my eyes. And then because of the glaucoma, I have a tube in my left eye. Okay. And then the cataracts don't matter. At and this then, point. yeah, I, I have the cataract um, lens in my right eye as of okay. now. Okay. I had that, those surgeries too. So Yeah. Mm. So you, yeah, you feel the pain on that. <laughs> I do. I, I, I really am. I have macular degeneration in both eyes and then because okay. of a lack of pressure, it, right. The, the right, right, yeah. Is that how it goes with diabetes too? Is that it's a lack of pressure, or is there another cause so, and effect to that? From what I understand, and I could be wrong, but I, the gist of it is, when I was diagnosed with a diabetic retinopathy, the eye surgeries and the eye injections that they give you, because mm -hmm. I was getting eye injections every month on the dot, um, and that will make the pressure in your eye go up, which is the glaucoma. Okay. And that happened. I mean, I lost complete vision. It's black in my left eye now because of the glaucoma just took over. Okay. Um, and so that's what they had to put the tube in because 
the, the fluid in my eye was not draining. And that's how I developed the glaucoma. And then the cataract, I think, just comes along with all of the surgeries, mm-hmm. the pressure. So the milky vision yeah. is what happened in my right eye. So at one point, I was like blind, blind, couldn't mm. see anything. Um, but now in my right eye, I have a little bit of, I, you know, it's like almost like that tunnel vision. Like it looks like you're looking through a straw. Okay. Um, but it's it's all blurry. It's just movements, shapes, shadows, and some colors I can see. Okay. Just out of that right eye. Mm-hmm. But there's no peripherals, no top, bottom vision, none of that. Right. I did see that uh, you had a tic-tac about that. You, you're you sharing your stories and, and you're really inspirational on Instagram and TikTok. And so I, I'm, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. it, it was, it's really nice to see, see uh, people out there, inspirations out there, not being prideful and letting ourselves be seen so that other people can understand that. Yes. Yes. Do you remember the, this is, there's a little bit of negativity to this, but I want people to understand what they're feeling and, and how, how, when, when they discover that a friend or a family member has this disability or has this situation, they feel certain things too. And I'm just wondering what was, what was the reaction of the people around you when, I mean, you had to tell people, right. And how do, how did they react? The good, the bads, the uglies, you know? Um, so in the beginning, um, my family was very supportive. My two sisters came right into town. Um, they, you know, they helped rearrange my closet, my bathroom. They helped me with everything I needed. They would come <laughs> for some of my surgeries, things like that. Um, of course, my mom was driving me. She, I mean, she had to give up her life to drive. When I say I was going to specialists and doctor's appointments five days a week, every single day for months in a mm-hmm. row. So, um, and then of course my dad was helping me, you know, when you lose your vision, you lose your job, you, you have no money, you're losing everything. You need rides everywhere. Right. So he was supporting me that way. Um, and then my friends was probably the hardest because, um, I, I wasn't in the best environment, um, before I went blind, I was a bartender and I partied sure. a lot me and too. those were the people that I was hanging around, um, all the time. And unfortunately they weren't reliable friends and I can't say all of them were like that, but some of my very, very best girlfriends that I've had for years, they still have not reached out to me. So they, and I, I really believe that it's just because they didn't know what to say or how to react, Mm -hmm. but that was probably the hardest part for me that I I thought these people were my best friends Um, people that I would have done anything in the world for, they didn't reach out. And that, it took me a long time to understand that it wasn't me. That's their problem. That's something that's going on internally with them. Right. And it's just unfortunate because, and and don't get me wrong in the beginning. I mean, I was angry and I was mad. I was emotionally unstable. I was losing everything. Um, I mean, I would have tantrums, like just, all kinds of things. Yeah. And I was, but I was, of course, up front trying to hold it all together and make it seem like I'm fine, I'm fine, um, until I would have a breakdown in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a pride, that's an ego thing. And so at some point, I had to let all of that go. So it was a good, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to really be around me either, um, <laughs> going through all of that. 
But the thing is, is that some of my friends didn't care. They showed up and they were not having the pity party. They're not, they weren't having it. They're like, get up. This is not who you are. We're going to the gym. We're going outside. We're going to go on the lake. Like get, get over yourself, get up. And those 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 are the friends I needed. Yeah. And that's your support system now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is the best. I'm not, uh, just as an example, the first friend I told actually thought it was contagious and wouldn't stay in the same room as me. But then I have another friend that said, yeah, you're not getting any pity from me. You know, I envy you. Right. <laughs> you can stay home all day. I have to work. So, right. you know, they, they always, they, good friends do that and they want to learn and they want to know. And I think my frustration comes from having to teach people basic empathy in public at their jobs. But I think teaching my friends and family is important. And I think that's where I have to let my pride go, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. If it wasn't for my friends and my family members, I mean, I would probably lock myself inside. I wouldn't have gone through the healing process without them. Right. Yeah. And how, how is, are, are you in the city environment in Char- Are you in North Carolina? Um, so I'm about 20 minutes outside of the city, but I'm in a smaller town. I'm in like the Lake Norman area. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's a lake right up the street from me and there's a a shopping center with like restaurants and bars, um, right across the street from me. So I'm in an active area, but I used to work around here. So I know a lot of the people around here and things, and I'm very comfortable with this area. Like I, I know the restaurant, like everything, like the back of my hands. I mean, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it? Is it an, is it a friendly environment for you to move around with, you know? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And if I run into people that know me or whatever, people will, you know, come right up to me and they, they're, they're helpful, but I do get the people <laughs> that are not used to it <laughs> that get really weird. And they, some people like I've been in um, like restaurant settings or bar settings where I'll be with some of my friends and they'll be like, Oh, so-and-so's here and so-and-so's here, but it looks like they don't, they're avoiding you. Like they don't want you to know that they're here. Mm. They don't know how to act or say it. They don't know what to say. So like I said, that's, that's for them. That's in, that's whatever's going on internally with them. That is not my problem. So right. it doesn't bother me anymore. In the beginning, it definitely hurt, but I mean, you, people make you feel like you're like a contagious disease or something like, yes. and it's not the case at all. Right. So, And I just, I would say that, for those friends of mine that are doing that, all you have to do is say, Hey, what's up? Right. Once you get into it, it's, it's, it's real easy to stay into it. I'm a friendly person. I'm a great communicator. Caitlin seems to be a great communicator and sounds really fun. (laughs) It sounds like you have way more stories than what we're going to be talking about in this episode. I have so many stories. So just ask anything you want. I could probably relate to anything. I love it. And so now you're on a journey battling diabetes and you're educating anyone that wants to know at your site, uh, defeating diabetes. And that is K and W the link is going to be in the description portion of this podcast. And so really I I want people to check that out. I suffer with diabetes. I type two, I'm on the border. So it's something that I've had to deal with too. And, uh, let's see. Are you finding that rewarding, the way that you're sharing and educating? Are you getting a response from all this? Yes. Um, I think the most rewarding part for me, and don't get me wrong, like I don't make money doing this. I don't. No, I'm just out not. here sharing my journey with people. And there are people that have reached out to me that are not only 
I get the visually impaired people and I do get the diabetics that reach out to me and tell me mm. how inspiring I am to them. But I have people that have reached out to me with addiction problems. I've had people that reached out to me that have just depression, anxiety problems. And I like the messages I get from people that are like, you just, you know, you changed my life. I had a girl that messaged me not that long ago and she said, um, she struggled with depression. Um, and she's had a couple episodes in the past and she just said, you know, because of you, I got my first job that I've had in a long time. Um, I'm working out again. I'm eating healthy. I've lost a bunch of weight. And she's like, I just want to thank you for just being so honest about your life because, you know, I watch you every day. And I just said, if, if, if this girl can do it, why can't I? And things like that really, I mean, I follow people. Um, there was a girl that posted like, hey, I'm, I'm actually going to go off to rehab. You know, my life needs to change, blah, blah, blah. Here's the address. If anyone wants to write me, I've met this girl a couple times in person. We're just social media friends, really. And of course I wrote her in rehab. And of course, like I'm writing in big Sharpie and it's like right. enormous because I can't see, but and I made it like five pages long. <laughs> and she, she actually reached out a couple months back and was like, um, I got a memory of when I got this mail from you from back when I was in rehab. And she's like, you were the only person that wrote me. My family didn't write me nobody. And she's like, and you don't even know me like that. And it was the nicest thing wow. that's ever happened to me. And I was like, I like, I just want to help others. I want them to know that they are needed no matter what's going on in their life. You're still needed on this earth. You are still important. And I think people forget that. And I think that's why they sink into depression or they lock themselves inside or they get anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone's facing their own battles. We don't know everybody's story or what everybody's going through. So yeah. whatever I can do to just shine a little light in people's life. Yeah. That's why I don't judge people that avoid me is because I know they have things going on in their life. Right. Right. And I, addiction that's a whole nother story and right. a, lot of, a lot of times with disability comes depression and anxiety and addiction and yes they're all tough things to battle but everyone going through it should know that life is a flow and a journey and it's a moment in time and it's something you have to experience to know that you don't want to experience that right Oh, and that's right. another thing, like getting my story out there. I don't want people to make the same mistakes I did. Like if mm. you can avoid it, please avoid it. Yes. I, that's what this is. I've always said that's what it's about. If we can teach people that are about to go through the pitfall that we just stepped yeah. in, then they wouldn't step in it. And yeah. my favorite saying, honestly, Caitlin, is if, there, if, if we could do everything by ourselves, there'd only be one person on the planet, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yes. So. And so do you have any tips? What have you learned? I, I started, um, I use a speech, um, a speech reader. So I just mm -hmm. highlight the stuff on your website and then I, and I listen to it, but unfortunately I also have ADD. So I do 14 things at once, but can you, <laughs> I know you, you, you're on a journey and, um, you changed your diet and I was listening to that and I am really interested in a nutritional change to reduce the effects of diabetes. Do you have any, any great tips for that? Yeah. So, um, nice. no processed foods will change your life. Um, there was a saying and I'm probably going to butcher this, but if it's, if it's man-made, don't it will not give you life, but if it's, if it's like natural or if it's 
from the, the earth or whatever, it'll, it'll bring you life. It'll give you life. Mm. So the processed foods, the fast foods, eating out in restaurants and not everything in restaurants is obviously unhealthy, but um, being cautious of what you're eating is huge. And I think a lot of that also has to do with like depression. Um, you get addicted to the processed foods because of the chemicals that they put in it. And, um, and it, you don't even realize it, but you, your body doesn't, you don't have energy. You want to just lay around. Um, but when you switch up your diet and you're putting, you know, veggies and fruits and, you know, just switching up like the different types of bread you're eating, um, pastas, if you just go for a more all natural whole grain, mm -hmm. um, your body is going to have 10 times more energy and it's, it's hard to do, but you have to figure out the recipes and things that you like. Like I love making smoothies and the protein shakes and juicing. If I can't juicing. get my, if I can't get my fruits and veggies in for the day, mm. or if I'm traveling or whatever it is, I'll go to a juice bar and I will drink a, a natural pressed juice, mm. like whatever. And they're, they're delicious. And that's the thing. People are like, Oh, there's spinach and apples. And I'm like, but if you taste it, yep. it's really good. Yeah. My favorite is yeah. spinach, avocado, pineapple, and a little lime. Oh, the lime and the pineapple is in almost everything I make. I mm. love it. <laughs> yeah, the citrus fruits is the best. Um, and then, yeah, like the veggies are not going to taste amazing, but carrots are really sweet. And celery doesn't taste like anything. Just throw it in there. <laughs> I like it's it's not as and people are like, well, I don't I don't have the money to buy a juicer. Well, I bought my juicer off Facebook Marketplace for ten dollars. So nice. there's options. You just have and, to look for them. And what you, you said something that was really interesting to me is that when like fruit doesn't fruit and vegetables don't last forever. But what, what you said was then use that for a juicer. So you don't yes. have to intentionally buy your fruits and vegetables for that, but you can yes. use them for that. And that what that's what I think is really neat. Because I buy I buy a lot of this stuff and then it sits there. I have romaine lettuce in there that you know I bought three heads and I only ate two. So right. We do that yeah, with all of our foods. Throw that right through the juicer. That's what mm. I always do. I have a bunch of extra fruits or veggies laying around and I just juice them all before they go bad. <laughs> or like I, I also like to cut up like I'll buy a pineapple and I'll cut it up and then I'll freeze it for my smoothies. Mm. Or like a mango, just you know, or strawberries, just throw them in the freezer and then just right. use them for your smoothies. I love that. How do you I'm going to ask you a question that isn't on the list. How are you handling things in the kitchen? Um, in the beginning, it was awful, and I was just not trying to learn any of it. But um, <laughs> my mom is such – she's just a chef. Like, my mom is all about the whole foods and cooking. She's in the mm. kitchen all day long. So growing up, we always knew how to cook. Um but it was relearning how to use the stove and um, when to know things are cooked all the way through or not. Mm. And um, it took, it took time, but they, so I, you know, in the beginning we used band-aids on certain things. So I would know the on and off button um, okay. or what was like, you know, the load, the medium, the high mm -hmm. um, to like twist the knob. Um, and then now of course I have the bump dots on certain things um, and then it's like, I purposely use a big knife when I'm okay. cutting up things because 
because then I can avoid accidentally slicing my finger or whatever it is because the bigger it's, it's easier for me to use. Okay. Um, and it's, it's time consuming. Um, just because I, I do take my time and I don't want to mess anything up, but you know, you can like, I'll Google how long to bake a chicken breast. That's, you know, however many pounds it is or ounces or things like that. And you can just look up those type of things. You know, how long does it take to bake a quiche? Or, you know, just things like that. And then I just right. set timers. Timers are really important. And yes. that's it. It's just, it's figuring out your own way, like measuring things. I don't measure anything. <laughs> and people think it's hysterical. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just do it. Like, I, I tell, I'm like, this is my kitchen. If I want to extra season things, I'm going to do it. Right. I don't care. Like, I can, uh, as long as there's flavor in there. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't really measure anything. But I am pretty good about the liquids of like measuring liquids only because I was a bartender. Okay. Um, and I understand the ounces and things like that. So I know what, you know, four ounces actually feels like in a glass. Right. You know, I fill my coffee pot every day and, and I can, I look, I have to look really close and I can't see it when I'm filling it. And I hold it up against the dark background and almost every day I get it exactly to the six. Now I don't yeah. want six cups of coffee, but that's where I feel it. <laughs> right. Right. But, and that's the thing people are like, well, how do you just measure things? And I'm like, if, if you think about it, like a, a pint glass, if you need eight ounces of something, it's half the pint. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, like you just think about it and then right. you kind of just go by weight. But I, like I, since I can see, you know, colors and shapes and things, like if I'm using milk right. in a clear glass, I can kind of see if it looks like it would be halfway or not. Right. I think that's, I think people think that I don't want a clear glass, but I can see it, it better. I can see right. what's in it better with a clear glass. You can give me a, a my my girlfriend gives me a bright a bright pink cup and I, I can see the cup but I can't see what's in it. <laughs> right, right. And that's and like, just I personal we, preference, I think. Right. And I like I think people think that we would rather like I do have like yellow cups and different color cups for my mm -hmm. water because then I can see it wherever I left it. Like, right. oh there's a yellow blob, that's my cup. And then I right. know. Yeah. But it doesn't matter what color the cup is in the dark, it's dark. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very much. But then again, I do leave my lights on through the night, just in case if I have to get up, if my blood sugar goes low. Okay. Yeah. And that took me, a, uh, that took me a couple, you know, walking straight into the wall uh, and the coffee table a couple times to be like, maybe I should leave a light on through the night. Yeah. So yeah, it's just maneuvering around and figuring out what works best for you. That's interesting. I bought a nine pack of night lights and I put them in every room just so I could. When I got up, I could see because I have walked into some, or I feel my way around in the dark and, and I get yeah. lost. I get turned around. I'm like, how am I on this wall? <laughs> I do too. It happens all the time. I'm like, how did I end up in the guest bedroom? I get so confused. I'm like, how did that happen? But it happens. It does. And it's so weird. And I, I love people that just, they help when they can and ignore right. me when they don't. The worst right. thing is be, you know, when we're going through our process of figuring it out, people, it's just what people are thinking about. Well, that's what about with me, you know, you do a lot of workout videos, you know what I mean? And you're yeah. so confident in the gym. It's just, it's, it's really amazing not to go back to Instagram too much, but you're really working out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's honestly what keeps me sane. And like, I don't, I don't want to go back to drinking all the time and I don't mm -hmm. want to go back to numbing myself. Mm -hmm. um, however, 
people numb themselves these days, whatever. I, I want to release whatever it is inside of me in a healthy way. And it build like being in the gym and working out has really just built my confidence in general. Um, and it makes me feel good. And I mean, I had a girl come up to me, I think like last week in the gym and she just said, I know you don't know me, but like you kick ass and you're amazing. And then she just walked away. That's awesome. And it's cause I know she can see me, you know, with my cane and I have like a really, like my trainer mm. is one of my like best friends now. Like okay. he is amazing. And he, he puts up with me, like he is patient um, and he is extremely helpful. And, but then he also pushes me. Um, it's, it's healthy. It feels good. Wow. That's rare to find somebody that's willing to piss off a blind person is really rare. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> yeah. Because he he's learning, it. he's learning as well, right? He's learning oh, yeah. the boundaries and everybody wants to know each other's boundaries. It's just for some reason, a disability, an obvious, dis, uh, an obvious boundary people are scared of. Yeah, he, he, he's good. Like we actually, he actually got frustrated with me today. Um, and I think he got more frustrated with himself because I didn't explain that I, the workout he was trying to show me how to do, mm -hmm. it gets complicated because he can't physically show me. Right. Um, I can almost see like the, the movements, but he, you know, to be in the right form and to, you know, hold your elbows a certain way, whatever it is. I mean, it, it gets tough because you have to really learn how to communicate and yeah. explain things. And it got tough for a second today. And then we just kind of shook it off and we just kind of like laughed it off and we're like, okay, we're done. Like we got it. Like, you know, what's, but his, he's name? What, what's his name? His name is Chris Langford. Thanks, Chris. You're yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. You're the best. <laughs> yeah. I'd love that. And it might be gym specific or even not. What are, do you have any tips for people that are losing their vision or have lost their vision? Do you have any, anything that you do that you just think everybody should be doing if they, if they have a lack of vision? Um, I think that they should really like just in general learn what's best for them. But I tell people, you know, especially if they're going, a lot of visually impaired people don't go out often. And I've mm -hmm. noticed that. Um, and honestly, like I never ran into a blind person my whole life until I went blind. And then I started meeting yeah. other visually impaired people. And, um, and I understand not wanting to go out and it gets uncomfortable and being in public and, you know, loud spaces and mm -hmm. all that. Um, one, I would say, don't be so scared, but the people that you're around, I mean, they should be trying to do what they can to make you more comfortable. It's not your job to make other people comfortable around you because you're right. visually impaired. They should be, it should be the opposite. So if you need something or if you just want to try something different, ask, just ask for help, find someone you trust, whether it's your best friend, whether it's your mom, your dad, whoever it is like, Hey, today I want to try, you know, one of my friends was like, Hey, let's go paddle boarding. And I'm like, I don't know if it's a great idea. It's mm -hmm. out of my balance. And he was like, no, let's go paddle boarding. Nice. And he was like, we're getting out there. We're doing it. Like, and, and these people are very patient with me because it does take patience. Sure. There's a lot of communication that people have to understand. Like we need words. We need 
descriptive communication Mm -hmm. because you can't just show us, you know? So just maybe not be so fearful and remember that, you know, you're just as important out there and other people should be kind of helping you not, not, you know, it's not your job to make other people comfortable around you. I like that. Honestly, there's a phrase I've learned called interdependence and once you get that trusted group of friends, work on that trusted group of friends, but realize that they're also depending on you for stuff that you might not see. You know, those those same people that are helping you, they get a reward from being around you. Caitlin's yes. positivity, her trainer, you know, the victory of success of understanding, those kind there's people that love that stuff and they want to yes. learn they want to learn about everybody. And I think that's that's so important. So yeah. that is a yeah. great lesson. Now I was gonna. I was gonna explain this one to you before we before we recorded. So a lot of people are gonna hear about the process. Last week we talked um, with Blind Beauty, and I I wanted to her to explain that people said that she couldn't experience a sunset because she couldn't see the sunset, and it made me realize that we all experience things as um, as blind people in a different way that others experience it. And quite honestly, I feel sorry for people that don't see my artistic perspective in my photographs because I see it. And so is there anything that you experience differently and in a unique way that maybe people with vision just don't? And could you explain that? Yeah. So I actually have two things. Oh, awesome. Um, nature is amazing and i think we take it for granted like we don't even like the sunset thing like we don't with vision you don't think about it it's like oh there's a sunset cool looks great and that's it you know Mm -hmm. some people think that way um but people forget that like especially in the warmer weather we can feel the sunshine on our face like it's a warm feeling. I can feel that. And I live for things like that. Me and too. like the wind, you know, or even like I'll go outside and I'll be like, wow, it smells like it's going to rain soon. Like you can, it's just very different. And I love it. I appreciate it. And um, it's just a different feeling. I don't know. It's more like free, I guess. But mm. I also um, like the communication, um, so having conversations with people is huge for me, especially if they're just like one-on-one and they're in depth because not only am I forcing you to communicate, but I'm also forcing you and myself to go deeper within, to have a meaningful conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's really hard for people with vision, especially people in my generation and younger generations nowadays. They don't talk about their feelings. They don't, communicate with people. It's all texting. It's all technology. Let me hide behind my phone instead of sitting down with someone and actually talking to them and understanding them, getting to know them, why they are the way they are. Um, It's just, it's very different. I don't know. And I, I love it. I appreciate things like that now. Me too. I can't see facial expressions, but I can feel your words. I can feel when you're excited and I can feel when you're scared. And I, I, I think I'm more intuitive in a conversation than people with vision just because of that, you know? Yes, absolutely. That's pretty amazing though. Yeah. Yeah. You're a pretty great person. You're my inspiration. I like this. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Let's see. So help me fight the pity party. How about that? 
what would you say to offer hope to someone just discovering their own T1D symptoms? Um, okay, so I was actually diagnosed with diabetes when I was eight, and a lot of a lot of people are typically diagnosed with type one when they are younger. Um, but I do, I have met people in their sixties that were diagnosed with type one. Like I, it's a, it happens. Um, but for me growing up, my parents were in more control than I was. Um, so I never really had to be super aware. I knew if I wasn't feeling good, um, or I knew if my blood sugar was dropping or if it was too high. Um, but you know, food wise and being cautious of, you know, just eating in general. Um, and my mom did a really great job at keeping very healthy things in our house and not the snacky sodas and all things like that. Um, but I did realize that because of that, I would self-indulge later in life because I didn't have that, but I also didn't learn it for myself on my own. And I think, um, honestly, like going blind saved my life because now I like, I love my diabetes. I love that it makes me have self-discipline. I love mm -hmm. that I'm an adult and I can really take care of my health. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for people to know, like when they are getting diabetes, it's scary and it hurts and it's a 24 seven job. You don't just get to have a day off. You don't get right. a couple hours of a break of your diabetes. It is constant. What's my blood sugar? Do I need insulin? Do I need a snack? It's an every minute job, yeah. but it makes you very self-aware. And then on top of that, it gives you a certain sense of power. And I don't think that people recognize that. And I think that's incredible. Like I now can sit here and, and if I'm out with some friends and they're like, we're going to order pizza and have beer. Mm -hmm. And I can sit there and be like, no, I'm going to order a salad and I'll, you know, drink something else. That's a little healthier for me. Right. And, it gives you, and people like, they look at you and they're like, wow, like you aren't tempted at all. And it's not that I'm not tempted. I'm just strong enough to say no, because I know that my health and my body is way more important than that piece of pizza. Right. And plus, if you're going to pick a, a, a treat, is it really going to be pizza? I tell people well, exactly. that all the time. I don't want a potato if I can have a piece of pie. You know what I right. mean? It's like, do I want a soda or do I really want something like good? <laughs> or something. Right. 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 And it doesn't mean, and I think that's the thing people, especially with diabetes, they're like, Oh, I'm never allowed to have sugar. I'm never, mm -hmm. and it, that's not the case. Um, but balance. Yeah. And, and like now, sizes. right. And like now I don't really self indulge in things like that. Um, just because it hurts my body now and right. I can physically feel that. And it's probably because I didn't take care of my body for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't, and I did end up rationing my insulin and I was in a very bad spot two years ago. And you had um, to, don't, I, don't knock yourself for that. That was something you obviously had to be doing. And so, you need to, you need to get past that one. And it seems like you have. Oh yeah. And that's another thing I think like self forgiveness was a really hard thing for yeah. me. I was really mad at myself for a long, long time, but I took it out in other ways mm -hmm. and I took it out on other people. And at some point I was like, wow, I, I'm the problem. It's me. And like, <laughs> I have to learn how to forgive myself. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like I was like, yeah. I hated what I did to myself. I, it was something that maybe it couldn't have been easily fixed because I did get denied a lot of like, you know, the free clinics and the healthcare mm -hmm. and the, all that stuff. I got denied all of it, but 
did I have to eat bad food the whole time I was rationing my insulin and drink a lot and party a lot? No, but I did right. anyway. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's just kind of like the way I look at it. It just kind of gives you, I feel like now I have, um, if I don't have control of a lot of things because I am blind, um, I have control of what I'm putting in my body and how I make myself feel every day. That is really interesting. That seemed to be the theme of this weekend, letting people know that uh, I need a certain I need a certain control in certain areas because I give it away in other areas. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you drive. Can you let me do something? Because otherwise, it upsets the balance, and then people start to resent the fact that they're doing stuff for me. You know? Right. Right. <sighs> people are complicated, but they're fun as fuck, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would I would say to anybody that's discovering an illness or a disease, the things that you do to yourself when you're young, they affect you when you're older. They don't necessarily affect you right away. So me, me falling on the ice when I was twelve gives me a wrist injury that hurts once a year for about a month. So think about that stuff. <laughs> right. I mean that's the truth though. Like if you're you know, even like when you're in middle school, high school, college, it's going to, whatever it is that you're doing, no matter mm -hmm. what, even if it's a disease, whether it's a health thing, whether it's mental illness, whatever it is, it, if you don't, not even fix the problem, but if you don't go through that healing process, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen 20 years down the road. Yeah. It's get, everything from my past came up in the two years, the past two years that I lost my vision, right. everything just came up. And like, I just feel like at one point I, I mean, this is like my, my line is like, you know, the old me is dead and gone. I'm a, I'm a new and improved, but I had to let go, but I had to heal to yeah. release all the things that came back and karma is a thing. And, so, and the karma is you're doing it to yourself. You're not just mm -hmm. doing it to other people, you know? Right. That's the yeah. scariest. I, I like to say it's like a wave behind us. And when we slow down or stop, it all comes at us. But you can't yeah. give up during that wave. That means you're, you're actually fixing things and accomplishing things. And when things settle down again, that wave isn't going to come, come back at you. You know what I mean? Right. And that's another thing I always tell people that healing hurts. If you're not hurting, you're not healing. Yeah. So that's like really important. I think people forget things like that. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Do you, what kind of assisted tools do you use? You, you mentioned the bumps and I know you use a magnifier. I use one too, yeah. but what are, what other things are making your life easier? You know? Um, so my friends have helped me put the certain screen readers on my phone. I will not put voiceover on my phone. It is no. so annoying to me. And everybody knows what you're looking at. Oh, everyone. Can, yeah. Well, everyone can see what people can read my text because my font is enormous. Mine and too, that was yeah. it. But in the beginning when I couldn't work my phone at all, mm -hmm. um, I was like, I have no privacy. Everyone's all in my business, blah, blah. And it, like, and now I don't care. I'm like, right. it's my phone. If you're judging me by based off what's in my phone, that's your problem. Not mine. I don't care. It's my phone. That's right. And that's right. why are you reading my text messages anyway? Yes. Why are you? Um, but I just, I, yeah, so I've enlarged the font, um, and then I use my magnifier for things, and I use the Zoom, um, and then I do use screen readers when I when I need to. Okay. Mm -hmm. We we I use. And then of uh, course I have a cane. I have a cane for when I'm out. Yes. Tell me about the cane. Is it uh, collapsible or is it a solid it is. piece? 
Mm -hmm. it, it does. It folds. Um, it's your, it's like the white cane with the ball on the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually have not had my mobility and cane training yet. I was on the wait list for a year and then COVID happened and they stopped doing them. Right. So I was supposed to have it back in April. Um, but I had to figure out how to use my cane myself. Yeah. Um, and my, my friends helped me with that. And I've noticed, you know, some people do grab my cane and face it where they want it. And I'm like, don't do that. That's a right. no, no, that no. is not. And they're like, well, what if I hold on to your cane with you? No, no, no. Because I need the feeling and mm -hmm. people don't understand that I can tell when I'm on cement and I can tell when I'm on, you know, like a second floor, I can feel like the hollowness under it. Um, I can feel just like the difference of if there's, you know, a curb, like things like that, like the different it, gravel, like mm -hmm. I need, I can feel that. So I know what, what I'm stepping on or what's coming my way. Right. And if you're touching it, you're throwing off the feeling of my, of what I need. Yeah. So, um, it took me, you know, and then of course the confidence to use my cane in public because I know everyone's staring at me. You can feel it or the whispers mm -hmm. when you walk by. Right. But that is like that in the beginning, it's tough. You don't want the, un, you don't want the unwanted attention, but now I don't care. And I just tell everybody, like I make it a joke when, you know, people, are staring at me i'm like well they're staring at me because i'm awesome so why wouldn't they stare at me well, and people just laugh right. yeah and they just laugh at me whatever and then sometimes i you know i can be sarcastic and mm -hmm. when people get really quiet or they whisper when i walk by i'll be like oh my gosh a blind person right and my friends think it's hilarious the group that quiets down doesn't find it funny they get embarrassed and run away so <laughs> Whatever. I just have fun with it now. I don't care. That's hilarious. We're not, we're not blind. We're, we're deaf. We're not deaf. We're blind. <laughs> exactly. And that's the best when people come up to me and they yell at me to tell me who they are. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> my ears actually work pretty well. So, and then sometimes I yell back at them and I'll be like, thank God you yelled at me because I'm blind. And then, and then they laugh and they're like, Oh, sorry. I didn't think about it. And I'm like, no, I know you didn't. That's all right. Right. I saw yeah. a TikTok and the guy said, are you going to learn sign language as you lose your vision? I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and he still put it up. And I thought that was pretty brave and neat of him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, interesting. So let's see. No, no. What? We already got most of the stuff. And uh, all right, I like this one because you talked about your trainer already. Is there anyone that's been been there for you? Someone you can count on? Maybe the first in that uh, special circle. Yeah. So um, I have. I feel like it's hard for me to just like pick one person, but I feel like I don't give her enough credit. Um, and I do have a best friend named Alex, and she lives right across the street from me. Um, and she's she's a lot younger than I am, but she, I actually, okay. So I met her husband three or four years ago when we actually had worked together. Um, and then when I lost my vision, her and I reconnected because we worked at that restaurant. I got the hostess job at together hmm. and she goes home and tell, and of course she hadn't seen me since I lost my vision. And she goes home and tells her husband, she's like, did you know Kate is blind? And he's like, no, she's not. And she's like, no, no, no. She's got a cane the whole nine. She's blind. And they just came through like it was nothing. 
She wasn't scared of anything. She asked me whatever she needs. She would today, like up every day she'll call me and be like, Hey, I'm going to run to the grocery store. I know you've been locked inside all day. Do you want to come with me? Um, if I need a ride anywhere, she'll take me. If I need to go shopping for anything, she'll take me. Um, if I need to cry for the day, she'll answer her phone right away. And she is there all the time for me, all the time. She is my very best friend. I mean, there was, this is a funny story. There was a bee in my apartment and I can hear it, <laughs> but I can't see it. Right. And I was freaking out and I'm like, come kill this bee. She showed up in about four minutes and is like searching everywhere to kill this bee. Um, but yeah, she is like my rock. I can tell her anything. I can trust her with my life. She has pure intentions behind everything. She doesn't want to be the superhero in the situation. She doesn't like announce my best friend is blind. Right. None of that. She is just, it's nothing for her. And her husband is so supportive. We'll go out. And I mean, he doesn't, they don't put up with people. Mm -hmm. uh, like when he came up to the restaurant where we were both working when we still had the job, um, I went to go seat some people out on the patio and he was out there with his two brothers and, um, the, the people I was trying to see, they just took off and, and sat at whatever table they wanted to. So I had no idea where they went. Wow. And all I hear is her husband in the background, straight, straight to the left, to the left, right there, put the menus down. And he said something to them. He was like, she's blind. And what you did was extremely unhelpful for her. And it's her job to seat you. You don't seat yourself and just take off on a blind person. And he was like, I know like it probably made you uncomfortable, but don't do that. Yeah. Like they just, they are there. They'll stick up for me. And then of course they throw blind jokes, which are the best. Like I love the blind jokes they get and they mess with people in public. Like he'll pretend to like treat me like a dog. So other people will stare <laughs> and like I'm laughing and other people are like, Oh my gosh. Like he, he's just, you know, talking to her like a dog and it's hysterical. Yeah. Like, we just have way too much fun about it. But they know you really well, and that's why they can do that. Please, if you don't know a blind person, don't treat them like a dog. Right, right. <laughs> but right. what is it, What Obviously. now what is it you do for them? Because I think if they're going to listen and they're going to hear this, they're going to want to hear what you do for them. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm like a very supportive friend. Um, I don't have, just for instance, let's just say, you know, they're having one of those days. I'll never sit there and and talk bad about one to the other um i will I, like i can be there i will pick up the phone supportive wise i'm a loyal friend i'm You're a good friend i will right. do whatever i can um alex right now actually is sick and i can't be around her and mm. the other day she missed a big girls brunch that we always do and her mom took me over there so i could leave chili and some drinks outside of her door for her Aww. like yeah, I'll do what I can. You know, I, I can't do a lot just because like I don't drive and I, you know, I don't have a job right now, but supportive wise and like loyalty wise, they have me forever. So you do a lot. You just don't do all the conventional stuff, but you do a lot. I try. I do the yeah. best I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You do. So here's and I'm a good listener. I've been told I'm a good listener. Right. I, I, I'm guessing with all the, uh, all the past stories you have, you're, you're pretty non-judgmental. I'm not. Yeah. Actually, yeah. she actually told me that yesterday. She's like, it's just crazy that you don't judge any of us for anything. And I'm like, for, for why? It's not my yeah. job. 
it's not, yeah, it's not my business to judge you. I don't care what you guys do, you know? Like, I don't care what anybody does. Yeah, I don't, I'm just not a judgmental person in general. I wonder what that comes from. I don't wonder if disabled people are less judgmental or people that have suffered addictions or just people that have suffered pain or if it's just how you're, how you were born, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it it does have to do with like suffering. I think it does. Like I've, you know, I've been through my fair share of issues my whole life and I just don't want, I think I have a lot of empathy for people. Yeah. And like, I understand a deeper reason why they choose to do what they do, you know, like yeah. whatever the issue is, like if you're hurting, you're hurting. So wh- however you choose to take that out, even um, like your healing process, nobody on this earth gets to tell you how you need to heal. Nobody gets right. to tell you that. if you need to express yourself in a certain way, and scream in a pillow or punch the wall. Okay, do that. I don't recommend it. You're going to break your hand, but whatever. Do If that's what's going to make you feel better, then do it. Now, do I recommend, you know, obviously, don't turn to drugs or anything that's going to damage your body. But I'm not going to judge you if you do. I'll I'll do what I can to help you. But it's not my job to be like, no, you're not allowed to do that because that's bad for you. That's, That's their choice, and I don't get to judge them for it. Right but I get to judge not to be there when you're punching walls. Cause it'll scare the shit out of me. <laughs> right. Just warn me for the noise. Yeah. Cause I'm going to think you're all mad at me and I can't read the cues. So I'm just going to be really, really, right. really worried, but right. I'm here for you. If you want to tell me I'm about to yell and scream about something, I'm all here for you. <laughs> right. right. Yes. Nice. So here's a weird question. And I've, so I've been doing, I've been doing interviews for about 10 years now. And so what actually I, I have like stock questions and I was, I was honestly just going to hit you with a bunch of stock questions, but then I started looking into you and your Instagram and your TikTok, And I was like, I just can't do that. So I had to come up with special questions, but I'm pulling this question out to see if I can get it to work. Can you offer me a question to ask the next guest in my series inspirations beyond disabilities? Yes. Wait, nice. say that. No, I, I had a good one, but I can't remember what I was going to say to this because you, you wrote it out to me right. for people, for people that are not blind, right? For just for, uh, Oh no. For the next person, for the next blind person that I have. A okay. That you're okay. That you interview. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would honestly ask what they like about their disability. Um, Because I do think there's like benefits to it, you know, like I love that I get to feel deeper. Mm. Like, I love that. I love that I have to communicate because I'm, I'm not a great communicator. And like, I love that about me. And I love that I have confidence now. Mm. Um, And I don't, and I think it's always like, well, what, what's the struggle with your disability? What's the, what's the problem? What's the negative? Everything's up. But like, what about the positive side? Right. You know, like I got to. I got to find out who my real friends are. I, you know, and like, that's important. Those are, those are things that you don't think about every day, but that's really important. And I was blessed to not only have a second chance at life, but to get to be on the right path and surround myself with the right people. Mm. And I going blind saved my life. It did. I was headed down a dark path and I could have died and I didn't. And, um, I think people forget to ask like, you know, what, 
what's great about being blind what or what's mm. great about your disability in general there's that's not it doesn't every, everything doesn't have to be so negative that's true and now you have me thinking about what i like i think i like proving people wrong or yeah. pro proving to people that being blind isn't as hard as they make it out to be. I think yeah. people are looking at us. When you said people are looking at you and you take it like you're amazing, you are because you're doing something they don't think they could ever possibly do. And so right. you are amazing. And I, then maybe people get a little jealous because, wow, you're doing something they can't do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I like that. Is there is there anything that I left out? Is there any, like, blessings or stereotypes, pet peeves, even slurs or prejudices that you've encountered that you, you just want to tell people to stop or you want to say thank you for, you know? Yes, so um, I would just say, you know, watch yourself around people that are disabled start focusing on why you're acting the way you're acting. Why are you uncomfortable? Why are you scared of us? Or I have I don't think people understand this that are not that have vision. I immediately know if you're uncomfortable around me because mm -hmm. of either not even like how sheltered you are, but how much you've not been around disabled people versus people that are not phased by it at all. And stranger wise, I've had um, a lady when I was hostessing grab my arm when I was walking past the table and she said, honey, you in her Southern voice, honey, you are a woman power. You're out there just doing your thing. And it was sweet. And she was not scared to talk to me. But then there's other people around that just dodged me, mm -hmm. you know, because they don't know what to do or how to act. And I've had people come up and just introduce themselves and give me a hug and, other people avoid me. They don't want to talk to me. They are uncomfortable. And I would just say, like, recognize, like, what, why are you uncomfortable? What makes you scared to talk to me or be around me? Just kind of, like, recognize things like that. Think about yeah. that. And that goes for anyone that's disabled. Yes. Anyone. Or just has, you know, whatever is going on in their life. Um, I, my, one of my very best friends, she just passed away. She had stage four cancer. Um, and I mean, she was a huge game changer for me. I yeah, didn't tell, realize. Tell me about that because I, I heard that story and I heard there's uh, different parts, but I only caught one part. So that would be yeah. great. So I actually went to high school with her. Um, and she had battled cancer, um, for about eight years. And when it came back, it came back stage four. Um, and that's when her and I reconnected because I went blind and she knew that a lot of my friends didn't come around and she reached out to me and she said, you know, my friends, a lot of my friends didn't come around for me either. And they're still not coming around for me. And we became connected at the hip and, um, she was amazing for me. She was everything I could have, I mean, wished for, I prayed for a best friend and God mm -hmm. literally just put her right in front of me. And, um, I was still a little angry at the time. And I asked her and I said, why aren't you mad? Because this is something you can't control. Mm -hmm. And why are you not mad? And she just was like, why for like, why would I be mad if this is it? And, you know, at the time, you know, we were like, we're, you're going to beat this and everything. She's like, I'm not going to give up. And like, I want to be happy while I'm here, while I'm doing everything. I'm not going to be mad about it. And it's something that's not in my control anymore. And I just felt so selfish. I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm upset for something that 
you know, yes, I rationed my insulin, but I didn't take care of myself. I could have avoided a lot of the issues that I went through in my life. And I was mad at myself every day. And I was like, why did this happen to me? And my life is miserable. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I am so selfish. I'm ungrateful. Like, I, I, I was... I was like, I got to change my life. This is ridiculous. Like this girl wakes up. She was, she teaches, she used to teach second grade. Hmm. She was ba- like, uh, she got denied at cer- a certain point in North Carolina to continue getting treatment. So she's flying to Philadelphia to the eye Institute to get, um, treatments there multiple times a month, wow. going through chemo, going through radiation, um, everything they're doing to her and she's still teaching school. She's getting up every day. She's sick as a dog, but she's pushing through and she does it with a smile on her face. And I'm like, wow, I am selfish. I am an ungrateful person and it changed my life. I mean, being around her and being in her presence just changed my life. And we were just so I could talk to her about anything she could talk to me about anything and we could talk to each other about questions that people are scared to ask us. Yeah. And we could just, we could have those conversations together and we were there for each other. And, um, I just, you know, it's just recognizing it's really a lot of my healing process was self-awareness. So, yeah. You know, my, I never, I couldn't, I could never pity myself because my mom was an amputee and, so, you know, she, I would be like, mom, I got diabetes. And she's like, I've had diabetes. Mom, I think I lost my sight. I lost my leg. You know, there was like nothing, right. that, nothing I could ever top her with. <laughs> right. I mean, it does. It makes you like, my life could be so much worse. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the tiny amount of vision that I do have left. Okay. Like I, I could just all be black all day long and it's not. And like, that's amazing. And that's great. And I am lucky and blessed with the people that I do have in my life, my family members, everyone that I surround myself with. Yeah. I'm, I'm just grateful for everything that I have. And it's not a lot, but I don't need a lot. I'm happy. I mean, the less is more. It's a real thing. Yeah. Just less to stub my toe on, right? Just make sure you wear shoes at all times. People, you, all summer long, they're like, you never wear sandals unless you're like at the beach. And I'm like, because yeah. stubbing a toe really hurts. It does. And I a do lot. it all the time. Or I hit my yep. head on the open cabinet that I forgot, you know? Me too. That's like I, all the time. We got to be fastidious. Like, I know where everything is. I'm really good at finding things for other people because I spend my day feeling and knowing where everything is you know yes. and in my apartment i know where everything is do not move it <laughs> you know? that, yeah that every time someone comes over i have one rule if you move it put it back exactly where you found it right i'll and, never find my black phone on my black couch you know <laughs> right exactly yes so, yeah i think that's neat you know you're really an inspiration to me i'm really glad you survived thanks thank mm-hmm. you i'm glad that you do this for people i mean this is a lot of people don't talk about things or they don't, you know, and a lot of people have questions. They're just scared to ask them. So I think like what you're doing is awesome. Yeah. You you don't ever have to be scared of asking me a question. Just you should be leery of asking me multiple times. (laughs) True. I will answer any question, any, there's no stupid questions. Trust me, but I get to ask you a stupid question then. You know what I mean? That's, that's how that works. I get you asked. Yeah. So, 
that's fine with me. And if people want to ask you questions, they can go ahead and send you a message on Instagram, maybe. Oh yeah, um, they can find yeah Instagram, TikTok. I'm I'm on Instagram and TikTok the most. Okay. Um, those so, links will be in the description as well, and that's Kate Wack awesome. and Caitlin Weckerman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we're even going to throw a link into the um, defeating diabetes because I think that's an important thing and I, I'm just going to spend time looking at it. I love everybody, whether you have a disability or not, you really need to focus on nutrition. You just really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, that's just fight. anyone in general. Yeah. I'm going to fight with McDonald's right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Send them a message and be like, can you guys leave me alone? You're yeah. tempting. Stop yeah. making your French fries smell so good. Yeah. Well, I just simply told them, well, because, you know, McDonald's used to be this wonderful thing, and now it's just kind of garbage on a plate. And oh, I got, yeah. I got upset about that. You know, sorry, this is, we'll, we'll end on this kind of stuff. I need to door dash. Because I can't go out and get food all the time. You know what I mean? And so for DoorDash to send me this mushy, gross, leftover heat lamp food because I'm not there to see it, that's disgusting to me. And all, I know the, the world has to use these grocery means and, you know, get deliveries and all that stuff. But we right. blind people were using those as a support system before you came and like up burned out the system. And now yeah. we're not getting anything good. You know, when I get groceries delivered, there's missing items. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. You know, because right. I, I don't know for two days when I go, where's, did I? <clears throat> and so, I don't know if you do. Or they swap day. it out for something that you didn't want. Or yes. Like a, mm -hmm, it happens all the time to me. But we use yeah. these services, you know? <laughs> yeah. we. I mean, yeah, I use DoorDash and the uh, Amazon, the grocery delivery, multiple <laughs> times a week. Okay. And what's all that? All the time. So you can do that with your Amazon Prime then? Um, yes. Yeah. I use my Amazon Prime for a lot, a lot of shopping, even just like basic needs. Like I needed a new shower curtain. Hmm. Like, and it, people don't understand, like, because we can't drive and we're visually impaired. Um, I have to pull away from other people's lives and days to ask them to take me to the store to get whatever it is I need for me. Yeah. And although we almost already feel like we're a burden on people anyway, because we're impaired or visually impaired, but it's a lot to ask. And like, if it you is. forget something, you know, and then you got to go back later that week and then you have to ask somebody. So we do rely a yeah. lot on the delivery services and yes. yeah, if they, if you're missing an item, um, like it's happened to me when I was trying to make, I think I was trying to make like a pot of soup and they, I, they missed an item and I'm like, cool, I can't even go to the store right? to go pick up the one thing that they didn't put in there. And I'm sure I was charged with it. Mm -hmm. So, and like, I don't look over all that stuff either. And How it's, can you? I can't. Exactly. And I live alone. So like, I don't have a backup. I mean, I have, don't get me wrong. Like I have my family, but it's pulling away from them and they work. Yeah. They have a job that they do every day. Right. And they do so much. It's kind of hard to ask for extra, you know? Yes. yes. I'll tell you something stupid. When I'm in the store with somebody, like if we're together and then we happen to go to the store, not for me, but so they can pick up something for dinner or whatever. And I walk past something I need. I find it hard to stop and say, I need this because then now yeah. I'm checking out separately and yeah. now, and now I'm, I'm slowing them down and it just seems so hard for me. And I do have good friends and I'm starting to say, 
yes, I need that. Or once a week, yeah. I'll, I'll say, I need to get out because I realize my friends need me to talk to as much as I need them. And they like taking me to the store because they get out of the house, they get to help yes. somebody, and they get to vent and get everything off their chest all at the same time, you know? Yes. I think that's the thing um, that I, I realized, and it took me a while to realize this, and it goes back to the people wanting to feel good and all that. Um, mm -hmm. I was out at one of the bars across the street not not too long ago, and even like some of the guys that I used to either work with or serve, whatever, just like you know they're friends, but they're not like best friends or anything mm -hmm. close like that. You know, it's it's my turn to go to the bar and get a drink. They they're, they're I'll, I'll walk you, I'll hold your arm, Aww. and it's, they want to feel good, and I'm like I'll let you be the man for a little bit. I don't like you know because I know that they. They like that. They, right. they, it makes them feel good. So if someone wants to help me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to let you help me. Why would I mm. not? Like you want to feel good too. Yes. And so, and I think a lot of, you know, like me, I had to understand that, you know, cause I'm like, I got in the beginning, I'm like, this is, I can do it. I don't need you. I don't need anyone. Right. And now I'm like, wow, I'm pulling away from other people wanting to feel good for a minute. Sometimes they just want to help too. Sometimes they do. And they don't understand. And my thing was, like I said, trying to explain to people I cared about without having to teach people that should already know. And so I try, I try, if there's, if I offer to do something, please understand that I put thought into it. And so I know I can do it. And right. if you spontaneously ask me to do something, you need to understand that in my head, I need the time to think about the steps, how I'm going to do it. Right. Right. And I, like a lot of people that, you know, they don't reckon, they don't know they don't think that way because right. that's the way we think. But yeah, right. There's, there's definitely like my friends let me have my independence, mm -hmm. but if they want to help me, I'm like, yeah, you can help me. I don't okay. care. There is yeah. always something to do, but my mom right. lived on a philosophy of why do something yourself when you can get other people to do it. And I have in my life taken that and gone the opposite way. I will never be that person because when I need you, I need you. And I'm not yeah. going to use that on useless stuff because when I call you, that means I need you. Right. Right. Just like yeah. when you call me, that means you need me, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It feels good when my friends call me and they need someone to talk to. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, they picked me. They, they chose me today to talk right. to. And, and that why, makes me feel good. And why wouldn't they? You're so positive. You're so optimistic. I try to be, I try my, uh, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to get it screwed up and think that like, I'm happy go lucky 24 seven. I have my days and it mm -hmm. happens a lot. Um, and I'm not scared to share those days with people, but right. I also have to pull, like I rely on myself to pull myself out of it. I can't, right. you know, and like it's, it takes a lot of strength. I don't do it by myself. You know, I have the grace of God. I have to ask for the strength, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, it's not like it's uh, I'm happy all the time. I do try my best, though. But then I always have to remember, you know, it could be much worse. Yeah. It could be so much worse. And that also kind of, you know, and I do think about my friend Summer who had cancer. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not ungrateful and I'm not going to be miserable over something silly that's not worth being mad over or whatever it is. Like yeah. it could have just been so much worse for me and it, and it wasn't. So I have to, re I remind myself of that very often. You just reminded me of that. You're the best. I think we'll just say our goodbyes. I really appreciate you. I think we got over an hour, which is amazing. <laughs> cool. That's awesome.
Thank you for listening to Public Access America. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, and the Stitcher Smart Radio app. You can find us on SoundCloud and YouTube and Instagram at Public Access America. You can find us on Twitter at Public Access Pod. And you can find me, Public Access Guy, on TikTok at Public Access Guy. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth but from the enduring power of our ideals democracy liberty opportunity and unyielding hope let me tell you something you already know the world ain't all sunshine and rainbow it's a very mean and nasty place and i don't care how tough you are they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you Nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. You wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Podcast, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.